Welcome everyone to Lessons with Mike. I'm here with special guest, wife. Kayla. Yes, she's my wife. Whether um, she wants to admit it or not, she signed papers and everything. <laughs> that I did. Yes. So today we're going to be starting a new series type thing, if you will, where uh, hmm? one person explains a book to another person that they have never read. So today I'm going to be explaining to Miss Kayla, Mrs. Mm. Kayla, excuse me, say. excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who's denying the marriage? I would never, never deny you. <laughs> I'm going to be explaining the book Obliteration. And before I revealed the author, I have a story time. Oh man. Yes, a very fun story. So I'm wandering around the Dollar Tree, as one does, and I see some books in the Dollar Tree section. And this one gets my attention uh, because the author's name, and I looked at it, it was written by James Murray better known as Murr from Impractical Jokers. You familiar with the show, wife? Yes, but you just said you weren't going to reveal his name yet, and then you just revealed the name. After I told the story. <laughs> okay. It was, it was a short story, but it was a story oh, nonetheless. I apologize. Yes, I love it. Yes. So anyway, doing some research, he. Th this is the third book in a trilogy, and I don't have patience, uh, and I'm also very impulsive. So I bought this book, Obliteration, the third book in the trilogy, and I read it without reading the first two. Were you able to keep up? Sort of. Kind of. Maybe. We'll find out. You said it was dark earlier. Yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting. There's no there's no humor in the <laughs> he's book. He's not a comedian. There's no humor that in the book That must be why he's balding. What? Severely. That's not nice, Kayla. What? It's not nice it to say- It causes stress. What? What causes stress? Being a com a comedian? No, being like dark, having the the thought process right there. Look, his buddy's balding too. That's the co-author of the book, Darren mm -hmm. Wearmouth. Mm -hmm. Wearmouth. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Babe, you could probably write a book soon. Well, no, we're talking about this book. Oh, well. No, no, you're not allowed to touch it. I'm touching the book. <laughs> now, this book, if you look in the back, I was doing some research, and Murr says in an excerpt, that he wrote the first book in 2005, long before Impractical Jokers. Really? However, it wasn't published until much later. Wait, did, did he co-author it with the guy for the yeah. first book too? Yeah, the original book of the trilogy, the first book in the trilogy was called Awakened, and the second one was called The Brink, was the title of the second one. And the first one, Awakened, was published in 2018, The Brink was published in 2019, and... 2020 is when this third book came out, I believe. What? Let me just check the copyright page to confirm that. I'm pretty he was sure it's just 2020. Sitting on these stories. He he wrote these and hid them from the world. Oh my gosh. I have a, like three stories in my brain. Like they're written in my brain. Okay. And I'm just waiting Well, stop hiding them from the world. I know. So anyway, this is me trying to go over the book Obliteration. Kayla, I'm gonna show you the cover and you're gonna describe it to the audience. Okay. <laughs> creature-like claw, um, several claws, a hand, some may say. Yeah, is, fingers do make up hands, typically. <laughs> is clutching the world. And of course, as Americans are so egocentric, the main country that is seen on the world is America. Notice yep. that? Yep. And there is there's blood dripping. The creature... Um, I was describing Okay, it. fine. Continue describing Gosh. It. Yes. And there is a light in the background, and it's white, but it doesn't look like the sun. And yes, it's clutching the earth, and there is blood, and and the uh, lettering that make up okay, obliteration. So, so, so we don't need to go into deep about the lettering. The, the image was... And you brought up some very good points, because the novel actually takes place 
It's a global issue in the novel, but it takes place mainly in San Francisco, mainly in the airspace around North America, specifically the United States. So the book starts off with this guy named Albert, and he's in some sort of prison because he did something. I'm not really sure what, because I didn't read the first two books. You know, I think it has something to do with his name. Albert? Yeah. What what do you mean? He's in prison for being named Albert? Yes. That's a weird way to be in prison. I mean, think about it. You're named Albert, you're either going to be Einstein or you're, you know, what else can you be? This guy is super smart. Like he's so smart throughout the entire book. And in the very end of the book, he makes an absolute moronic decision. Is it based off morality? Morality? What? What do you mean morality? Well, you say he's imprisoned. Typically, people who are imprisoned are, you know, described as immoral. So I'm guessing this, you know, stupid decision that he makes has to do with his with morality. Well, yeah, he wanted to nuke several American cities, is what I gathered. Oh, and he okay. did nuke a few of them and killed the president. Ooh. But there's okay. reasons. He has reasons. I love so, that this came out recently. <laughs> no, his reasoning was this. I don't know why he killed... And he doesn't have a hand because his his vice person cut off his hand in one of the previous books. His vice gang guy? Is his second like in command, gang? his lieutenant. I don't know. He, lieutenant? He, he's in a federation called the Federation, I'm pretty sure. Oh, like... like oh, like... um. Like a gang. What? No, not like a gang. Like a group. Oh, like 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 like, like shield racist people. What? No, not oh. how are you getting racist people from this? I don't know. He's a group called the Federation, and the they... Federation, like like white nationalists. No, it sounds like that. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because there's illusions that he maybe was kind of a Nazi, but not. Yeah, we're gonna when you're into... called something the Federation, I feel like that's. Very... Okay, he didn't found the Federation. It was either his father or grandfather who found it while like he was... Like the KKK. Un- no, okay. We're, the, anyway, mm. so he's in this prison We because, don't like Albert or his name. He's in this prison <laughs> because some other guy named Tom stopped him. I'm not sure how. See, but, Tom sounds like a good guy. I like this Tom guy. You keep interrupting me. I'm trying to explain the book. And you I keep like inter- the names. Anyway, I thought that's why I'm here. I'm here to interrupt you. Are you are here to interrupt. And I'm here to explain this book to you. So the book starts off with Tom, he's got a team of people, and he's infiltrating some sort of creature base. Now the creatures, um, they're, it's not really explained where they came from in this book, or what their purpose is, or they're not really explained, but there's billions of them, a huge amount of creatures, and they have tails, and they have claws, and their tails are serrated and pointed, and they're very vicious, they're very hard to kill, they're bulletproof, like Thomas had to... Uh, I don't know if he invented them, but over the course of the books, they were invented by someone, laser guns, like to kill spider, the creatures. Like the Amazing Spider-Man one? More similar to the aliens is what I was picturing. Probably not with those faces, though. Mm. But I was picturing creatures like the aliens from Alien. Oh. So he has found a creature nest, and the president, uh, who is some woman, I forget her name, she's not really- Hillary Clinton. Book. No, not Hillary Clinton. Oh. No. Anyway- so Tom is trying to destroy a creature nest. He's got a plan and everything, and they get into the nest, and guess what? There's no creatures. And Tom's like, oh, no, this is not ideal. Where are all the creatures? And then the the creatures launch a simultaneous attack on, like, all the major cities of oh, the so world. so they're, like, sentient, like... They're sentient creatures, yes. Like, and, and they're they're, per- they're, not, they're not really explored into detail in this book, Um but they are, they they are seen to have some sort of hierarchy later on. We'll get into that, okay. and they're so developed. they're somewhat yeah, okay. it's similar to an ant colony more so is what I would think. Hmm. So 
about two billion or so. The number given in the book is at least one and a half billion people die when the creatures attack. All the major yes. cities. That's not ideal, Kayla. People, yes, it is. Why is that we have ideal? Overpopulated the world. I'm gonna go on a tirade about the world being overpopulated. Yes, hold me back. <laughs> Let's. While that may be true that the world is a little little crowded, it's causing. Okay, I'm gonna. I need to stop. We're talking about this book, Obliteration. We need to, we need to talk about that in the next episode featuring me. Well, we're talking about this book okay. right now. Bad. Stay focused. I'm gonna hit you with a fly swatter. You. Yeah, that's be right. Guts. Yeah, it'd be on you. I don't if... even care if it would hurt me. Like the grossness well, uh, of the bug guts. Would... Anyway, bug guts. So Albert's in prison. Tom is freaking out because he can't find the creatures. And there's some other guys with Tom. There's his wife. I think her name's Ellen or Eileen. One of those two. And there's some other people with there's him. There's an I. I don't remember. The name isn't important. It starts with a We name. already established that there's an Albert and a Tom. And I've already developed their characters based on their names alone. I need to know if okay. it's an Ellen or an Eileen Mr. Fine, fine. Gonna... Did you read the book? I did read the book. Did I read... you read the book? I don't think you read the book. You I read the book. Lying to us. I... It's Ellen. That's Thank the you. name. It's Ellen. Okay. So she's like she's like a bored housewife. She's like that chicken in the Bo Burnham song. What? No. Her name's Ellen, and she's married to Tom. At one point, Tom was like the mayor of something or other. Yep, she's bored housewife. I feel like she's a very happy person. Bored. And, okay, so the creatures start attacking San Francisco. They're ripping everyone to shreds, killing people in gr horrific, gruesome ways. Nice. Millions, not nice, very Sorry. not ideal. <laughs> people are dying, and there's this woman. Uh, what is her name? I think Jessica. That's probably not her name. What is her name? Is she Boobsy? Boobsy? What does that even mean? Jessica's are Boobsy. How many people do you know named Jessica? I don't even think I know Very few. people named Jessica. I don't surround myself with boobsy women. What do you it, mean it, by boobsy? What does that even mean? They take mean? away my confidence. What? I don't have boobs. I'm very flat chested. What are you talking about? Well, you're not talking, so I'm just going on my rampages. You are going on your rampages. I apologize. Her name is Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I knew it. <laughs> I couldn't remember her name, but Karen and her four-year-old son, Joey. <laughs> Joey? Yeah, Karen and Joey. And so they're they're trying to get a bite to eat when the city is attacked in San Francisco by these creatures. They come up from the ground, start ripping everyone to shreds, killing everyone. I'm sorry. Those are the most, those are the, like, the least thought out names here. There was not a lot of thought put into the names. There should have been. I feel like Albert Van Ness, because that's his full name. Van Ness. Van Ness. Van Ness. V-A-N-N-E-S-S. -S -S. Two words. Like Vanessa, but without the A. Albert Vanessa. Albert Vanessa. <laughs> but but no. So so Jessica, uh, Karen, and... <laughs> Karen, uh, Jessica, Joey. <laughs> Karen, Joey, and their husband are running from the creatures. And their husband. What? They're running from the creatures, and Danny's like, you go up the stairs, I'll Who's hold it's, the it's, husband. He didn't explain that. Shush. So they they run up some stairs, and the husband says, you guys go ahead. I'll hold them back. And then he immediately gets killed. Obviously. And then for some reason, this is this is my first issue with the album, uh, with the book. This isn't an album. There's no music on Where'd here. This guy... so, Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. I'm dealing with you. Ouch. Yeah. I'll be quiet. <laughs> no, I love you. No. Damn. <laughs> what the hell am I? <laughs> You're pretty. I criticized the names of the book that you didn't even write. 
Now it's like it's all out war. Let me finish. You're obliterating this. <laughs> so anyway, the creature is killing the husband and they make it to the top of the roof and they lock the door and they just stay there. And for some reason, the creature never goes up to check the roof never pushes the door down or anything, even though it's been established that these creatures have some sort of mechanism uh, to locate I'm humans. I'm getting like the ant colony vibe now. Yeah they, yeah, they they have some sort of mechanism. Oh, also, this isn't very, this isn't explained. They also have telekinesis. So they can like lift things with their brain? They can move objects with their mind, yes. And it gets stronger when more of them focus on an object. And what is the point of them killing? Unclear. Never established. They, they're, what, okay. Why are always these stories, number one, focused in America? Number two, they're Because just, America has the most nukes. Is that, is that what this is about? No. Nukes don't even come into play in this, except for what Albert did. So, anyway. <laughs> okay. So, the creatures can't swim very well, and they can't fly. So, this is another issue. <laughs> the president decides that and this woman... She says, everyone, quickly, get into the air where they can't get us. Karen Census? No, the president. Oh, right, because she's female. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The president gets them all into the air, and then everyone is just in the air. And they're like, how many days of fuel do we have? Well, Oh, you mean on planes? Yes, on planes. I thought you, like, look, you did not explain this. And in a place where creatures haphazardly attack some things and not others, I figure it might be possible that humans could play. So anyway, the president calls up Tom and says, Tom, you need to go get Albert and we need his help. And Tom says, no, I will not. And the president says, Tom, too bad. Do it anyway. And then Tom says, but I don't want to. And then Ellen's, and he's all whiny like that. He is. Tom is, See, I don't I, like Tom as a character. Ellen's bored. She wants Albert. Ellen says to, she does not want Albert. Ellen says to Tom, Tom, please go talk to Albert. And Tom was like, fine, I so will. So there's like this melodrama between the, the, the men. What? Tom doesn't like Albert. Albert doesn't like Tom. This is a very big point in the book. Oh, right. Because Tom got him in prison. Something like that. I don't know. I didn't read the first hand. two books. No, someone else cut off his hand. Okay. Anyway. So Tom goes into the prison to see Albert. And Albert's like, Thomas, oh, what he's a been, joy. He's been in prison the whole time. Ever since the end of book two, yeah. Or book one. I don't know. I didn't read the first two. Oh, God. Okay. But anyway, so, and then Tom is like, listen here, Albert. I know you've got something planned. And Tom, and then Albert says, you're right, Tom. I do. I'm going to make a deal with you. We'll work together. We'll put aside our differences. But at the end of this, one of us will have to be dead. And then Tom's like, hey, that seems fair. I'll just kill you and this is over. And then Albert starts laughing maniacally. Ha, ha, ha. That's what you think. Is that, that what it sounds that's like a paraphrase. in the book? That's a paraphrase of what happened. Okay. So then they get into a helicopter and they go to Antarctica. Um, okay. And Tom is like, why are we going to Antarctica, Albert? Why did you sound like your fake Jesse voice just now? Let me finish, you really don't like Tom, Let do me you? finish the plot. I'm I don't sorry. like Tom. No, I don't like Tom at all. <laughs> Albert's actually like a character I really like, except for all of his flaws. He's actually developed and has a personality. Tom is just a clueless noodle. Poorly written. He's just, he's, he's confused. Mm. So. <laughs> you. What? I'm sorry. This is how you talk about Jesse sometimes. He's confused. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So. And they say, <laughs> there's nothing down. here. And then it turns out there's a secret underground Nazi base in Antarctica that was built by the Nazis back in the 40s or 20s or 30s. And America could never find it because it was under like 600 feet of ice that just opens and there's a base just there. I hate that. And 
And Nazis lost. That's correct. I don't yes. think they were that mechanically. They did also. It's never explained how this base was built. Yeah. And they, Albert just says, "Oh, I expanded upon the base with all my foundation resources." It's never explained where he got these resources. Probably was in one of the other two books, but uh, I think you're giving a lot of credence to these other two books. I haven't read them. I don't plan on reading them because I know how the story ends. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Um, there's this other guy, his name's not important, but, uh, he's like this Dutch dude, a uh, pretty tall guy, pretty buff, muscular dude. He's the commander of Albert's army. Cause, and here's my question. Albert has an army. He does. Yes. An army of clones. He cloned this Dutch guy and has like 500 suits. And, and this is a serious book. It's not a yeah, comedy. It's a serious book. <laughs> so he's got like 5,000 clones oh my God. mixed with the creature DNA. What? How long have these creatures been on earth? I don't know. Oh my God. Probably since the 40s. Because there's a scene later in the book where we'll get to that later, where Albert talks about how his grandfather founded the foundation in the 1940s. Or maybe it was his father. I don't know. I'm picturing Albert as an older dude, like maybe 60, 70. He's in a wheelchair the whole time because he's paralyzed, by the way. <laughs> From the waist down, Albert is. Okay. Yeah. So they get to the base, and there's other people with them, but these, these characters aren't really that important, I don't think. And one of the characters is like, what is that syringe? Because there's just this mysterious syringe in, like, a case or whatever. And Albert says, that's something we'll hopefully never have to use. Now, in literature, that's an example of foreshadowing. Wow. That does go somewhere. There's another <laughs> example of foreshadowing in the book that goes nowhere. There's a scene, uh, it's just one chapter, this random guy is in Vegas... Uh, he's spending a ton of money on gambling. He is trying so hard to sleep with a woman. And after getting rejected six or seven times, the woman finally agrees to go to his hotel room. He's so excited. He gets there and the woman turns out she's a prostitute. Uh, yeah. And the dude, I don't even remember this dude's name. He's like, oh, well, I'm already here. <laughs> so she's like, okay, let me go get changed. And she keeps repeating the same phrase. You need to pay up front, you need to pay up front. He gets very mad. He's like, stop repeating yourself. I get it. He opens the door and she's dead because the creature was mimicking her voice. A creature was in there for some reason. And this is a very confusing section for me because there's no, t the, the creatures tend to kill as quick as possible. They yeah. don't show a tendency of like sadism or playing with the victims or there's, it just was a confusing chapter. And the whole creature's mimicking voices never came back up again. <laughs> Like, it came up a little bit, but that never went anywhere. These are so half-thoughts. I just... It just never went anywhere. So, <clears throat> the creatures have taken over all the major cities, mm -hmm. and they're, they're moving inwards to, you know, the, the rural areas. Mm -hmm. And then, remember Karen and Joey? They're mm -hmm. on the roof of this building. and It sounds like they've been here for three days. They've been there for one day okay. <laughs> on the roof of this building. Okay. And at some point, they break into, like, some apartments... Uh, and there's a creature that chases them around, and they hide from him. And then they're hiding in the cabinet. The creature flips over all the couches. The creature destroys everything. And then right as the creature's about to get to them, another creature calls it away. Okay. And then Karen is like, Joey, we're saved. And Joey isn't reacting like I think a normal four-year-old would be reacting at all. Joey's just like, oh, okay. Mom, I'm scared. Yeah. He, he's not really reacting much to watching his father I being destroyed. I don't think Murr has any kids. I don't know. He might. So that explains, like, the lack of... I just... Okay. The book was a really fun read. 
it, it was uh, it was fun in the sense that a Transformers movie is fun. <laughs> Careful. I know. I don't want to offend. Careful. I don't want to offend Mikey. <laughs> Our episode coming out where we talk about the how great the Transformers are. That's coming out eventually. But um, so they they and then what they notice is they're smaller creatures that control the bigger creatures. Not super small, but just are you slightly smaller. Me? And no, they're about the same. They're just a little shorter. It's oh like so all the bigger creatures are methodically going into every building and sweeping it. And wait, let's pause here for a second. And just to recap, these creatures that kind of look like the alien creatures that are telekinetic and can also mimic voices and also kill savagely with no reason mm -hmm. also have little creatures that control them and also have been long enough to be bred and created clones with a human male well let, let me try again uh, maybe I'm, <laughs> there are smaller versions of the creatures that control the regular sized creatures not by like mind control it's like they give orders like a general or a corporal in an army okay okay so these creatures oh are methodically God. sweeping through every building and making sure there's no survivors. So they're the more intelligent life form, you would say. The, the smaller ones? Yeah, yeah, it would seem so, but it's never explored in detail. <laughs> Not much about the creature hierarchy or the creature methodol methodol methodology. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? I don't know. Yeah. Methodolo methodology. Methodology. Meth. Meth? No. <laughs> there's no meth in this book. Are you sure about that? It sounds like it. So... And then Karen gets the bright idea, Joey, we have to hide in a building they've already searched. That way they won't expect us to be there. So what they do is they jump across the roof okay. to another building. Here's a flaw in that thought, though. What? These creatures, are t they can control things with their mind. Yes, and there's millions of them. Yes, and if you can control things with your, with your mind, then you can kind of sense. The weight of things, right? I guess. Hypothetically I speaking. I mean, it's never really explored the depths of their psychic powers. Nothing is explored here. Okay. So, back to Albert and Tom. Dear God. Okay. Tom says, Albert, these are just regular looking dudes. They cannot possibly stop a creature. This is stupid and you've wasted our time. And then Albert says, hush, Thomas. And then he pulls out a creature that he just has in this Arctic base. Pulls and, it out? No, he like opens a button, presses a button, and the door opens okay. and a creature comes out. Okay. And then one soldier goes to fight the creature, and Tom says, Albert, this is absurd. That's, that poor thing is going to die. And then uh, the, the clone genetically modified super soldier yeah. uh, immediately kills the creature, no problem. Right. And how? Uh, the creature, they use their tails to attack, uh -huh. so he lunges at him with his tail. A super soldier grabs the tail, turns it around, stabs the creature in the chest with his own tail, throws it on the ground, and stomps on its head. Wait, okay. So he had a creature in the space, and he had one of his clones in the base. He has all of his clone army, all of his scientists that work on this, his commander, Rooks. Rooks, R-O-U-X. I think that's his name. Rooks. Rooks. Commander Rooks. Continue speaking. Rooks? Oh, wait, R-O-U-X? That'd I believe be, so, that'd yeah. That'd be like a roo. Roo. Okay. Good God. Okay. This this is such a hot mess. I yes, can't... Rooks. R -O -U -X. How many pages is this book? This book is 242 pages. That's a lot. It's, there's so We're just much. scratching the surface. Here's my question. Sure, Lord. So okay. while Albert is in prison, what are all these people doing to grow food in this secret Antarctic military base? Because you know there's no traffic in and out of the base. Logically, that would have been detected. Also, how, it's a lot of questions. Did they develop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, did, did they develop, like, 
um, agriculture, agri- I guess. No, well, no, they have like underground. You can do like lights underground. Yeah, I don't there's think those lights. Were developed. Well, maybe they would have been developed. Anyway, we're getting distracted. So, okay. so here's what they do: they hatch a plan, and they're like, "Okay, Albert, what's the plan?" Last I checked, there were millions of creatures, and you only have 5,000 super soldiers. And these super soldiers, by the way, have no personality. They're just like mindless killing machines who only kill the creatures and follow Albert's orders. Albert says several times, they cannot kill anything that isn't a creature. They have specific orders to only kill the creatures. Well, how do they know what's a creature? Because I tell them what's a creature. (laughs) Yeah, there's a bunch of flaws here. No, no, it's more complicated than that. So they're trained to only kill creatures and also follow... They only can follow Albert's orders or Commander Rue's orders. Mm-hmm. And flashback, not flashback, but we're going to transport back to Karen. So Karen and Joey are chilling on the roof, waiting for everything to leave. All the creatures gather on this big hole. Okay, so they haven't gone to the apartment yet. Or they just gathered they, supplies they, they, to the apartment. They, they gathered supplies, they jumped roofs, remember? Okay. And they see the queen of the creatures, this 40-foot tall, 14-foot tall thing. It was 14, I'm pretty sure. No, it was 14 or 40. I don't know, it was some number. One of those two. That's unreasonable. Both of them are unreasonable. Okay. And anyway. then, they, and then uh, Karen sees the queen of the creatures come out, and she's like, "Oh wow, that must be their leader." And then this isn't relevant for the seventy chapters or so, seventeen chapters. That's just a random number. It's not relevant for a while, but it does become relevant. Okay. So, back to Albert and Thomas. They're on a plane, and then because remember everyone's in the sky right now. There's a few military bases that are safe that have been closed off. Remember. The only weapons that can hurt these creatures are laser guns. And most of the soldiers of the world do not have access to laser guns. They've only made like a, a few of them. They haven't, they haven't really prepared as much. And the whole point that Albert is making is, Thomas, if you had just let me nuke their nests in the beginning, they wouldn't have gotten to this point. And then Tom is like, dude, you would have killed many, million, many millions of people. Good, good thing. Good thing. Well, the thing is, Albert's <laughs> argument is, if I killed all those people at the start, then less people would be dying now. Mm-hmm. And That's an economic theory. You, I don't know. I think you can't look at human lives on an economic scale. Well, no, but... Let me finish. Actuarians have developed a number to, to quote, how much somebody should get in a lawsuit for their family member who's died. How much? It depends. It depends? It depends on their value and how you value it. Yes. These what? are things that people have created. Society is doomed. Yes. We're doomed. That's why, so, we, yes. That's why. I, so they yeah. have to go to a refueling station in Peru. And okay. Because that's just where the refueling station is. So they can get to San Francisco. Refuel for what? To get to San Francisco. In the helicopter? All their planes that have all the 5,000 troops on them. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. they were under Antarctica, now suddenly they're in Peru. So you've got to like... No, it's context clues, Kayla. Oh my god. Okay. They, 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 go, they go to the refueling station. They don't have enough fuel to make it all the way to San Francisco. This, this half-ass worked book and your ADHD mind is giving me a headache. We are almost at the halfway point. Oh my god. <laughs> so they get to Peru. And the military base has been overrun. And Tom's like, oh, no, we're not going to be able to refuel. And then Albert says, silence, Thomas. We'll be fine. Silence, Thomas. He, he's so smug. And the whole movie, or the whole book, everyone's like, wow, Albert doesn't seem scared at all. He must know exactly what to do. So this part's hilarious. So there's millions of creatures charging them. Mm-hmm. And then Albert says, we will only need one squadron of soldiers. Send out 500, but the rest will stay on the planes. Everyone's like, Albert, that's silly. There's no way that's enough. But the soldiers do just fine. Slaughter thousands of creatures with ease. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I picture this, all, you remember that scene in Rick and Morty mm-hmm. where uh, 
Beth and Jerry go to that marriage counseling thing and imagine yes. versions of each other. The scene where the the evil Beth keeps getting attacked by the Jerry worms, yes. the buff Jerry's. That's what I imagine this is. <laughs> so they just destroy all these creatures. Okay. And then they get the planes refueled and they go over to meet the uh, the huge military alliance uh, that's been preparing to you know counterattack for this whole time. Largest military alliance ever assembled. Okay, like the entire world's military alliance. I think it's just America's, because no one else is mentioned. <laughs> but I'm sure there were others. So Albert says, all right, listen here, guys. We have to all load all this stuff onto your planes. Don't mind blow this. Mis- load this... the stuff onto the planes, oh. not blow. Pay no attention to this mysterious crate. What? It comes back later. So that's what, okay. Albert says this. Yes, that's a paraphrase, of course. Good God. And they're like, What's in the crate? The food that my super soldiers eat is in this crate. There's no need to open it and check. So, anyway, the, uh, the commander of the fleet says, Listen here, Albert, I don't trust your super soldiers, so I'm going to have them divided amongst the ships. And then Albert says, Don't do that. The commander says, I'm going to do it, Albert. You can't stop me. And then Albert says, okay, I guess you can do that. Plot twist, that's what Albert wanted all along. He wanted the soldiers to be divided so they could take control of all the ships. Okay. (laughs) My brain's dead, dear. Your brain's dead? Yeah. You ready for the conclusion? Yes. Welcome back. Kayla, during the break, had some sort of mental break as she was trying to process what was going on in this story, but I think she's got it. So, Kayla, catch everyone up on what has happened in the story so far before we get to the conclusion. Oh, my God. Okay. Bear with me, folks. Some gang Nazi guy named Albert's in prison, and some guy named Tom breaks him out. No, he doesn't break him out. They make a deal. And they have to make this deal because there are these crazy ass creatures that aren't really explained that have telekinetic powers, can sometimes be 14 feet tall, and also can throw voices to sound like other people. They're they're all these like they're very powerful and they're they seem to only want to kill humanity. And as all American stories are this. This one only focuses on America because we are that egocentric. As a, okay. Anyway, so Albert breaks out. Him and Tom go to Antarctica because Albert has some secret Nazi underground layer of super soldiers that he combined with his DNA and these creatures, which have apparently been around for years. He combined them with not his DNA, but with Rook's DNA. Oh, it's Rook. Okay, that R-O-U-X, was not explained. Rook. Yeah, Rook. Whatever. That's why they all look like him. Okay. Doesn't matter. So so these creatures were created specifically to destroy these alien life forms that are currently destroying the entire world. I don't know if they're alien or not. That's never explained. Okay. They're probably not, I don't think. Okay. They might be genetic or something. Jesus Christ. Oh, and the president in this book is a female. I don't know if that's relevant or not. but It's not. She doesn't really do anything. It was stated earlier, so I felt it needed to be restated. She doesn't do much in the book. And then there's this chick named Karen and her son named Joey. And Karen's husband sacrificed himself earlier in the story so they could survive. They've been surviving on rooftops to try to get away from these creatures, which doesn't make sense at all. Perfect segue. 
Okay. A helicopter comes and picks them up right as they're about to be devoured by the creatures. At some point. Yeah, because okay. they, they try to make it to the water, but they're like, we're not going to make it. We're going to die. And then a helicopter the comes and rescues them. The creatures don't fly swim or, or swim. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so they're safe up in the sky now. No, they go to a secret island base because the islands are Jesus actually Christ. safe for the okay. most part. Like Hawaii's safe. Uh, smaller islands are safe. So this helicopter keeps ferrying people back and forth. Then where do these creatures come from? Do they come from... Underground. Like... Okay. I can tell you. So brain. they're like worms? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's wrap let's let's come let's get to this okay final let me result. let me finally wrap this up so this massive chaos is ensuing and then albert and tom make it over to peru to refuel is that where yes. we are and they're and they refueling their plane to get to the military alliance and all of, yes and the reason that they are doing this is to take their super soldiers to the military alliance to create some sort of massive plan to eradicate these crazy species so this cool. is out Al this is albert's plan so albert's plan is this he's cool. going to create a diversion by sending a large force of his super soldiers with the military alliance to attack the coast of san francisco that will draw all the creatures to him is his plan meanwhile he will take a smaller number of forces of super soldiers along with tom and go to the park where the queen is located and they know the queen is on the park because karen told the leader of the base she was staying at what she got saw it. and then they got in contact with albert and then put them in contact with uh the lady so albert says all right tom let's go ellen you come too and ellen says no i'll stay here and tom was and then albert says oh fine whatever i don't care so ellen is tom's wife Tom's wife, yes okay. so and then they start oh but real quick this is when they're telekinesis the only time it ever comes back besides the other time it's going to come back so there's a bunch of people who've been hiding out in a basement and then a few days pass and they all decide to make a break for the boats. They get into their boats. They start swimming away or driving away in the boats. The creatures use their psychic powers to pull the boats back to land. And it's really sad because uh, Tom is like, Admiral, we have to save them. And Albert's like, no, we have a plan. And Tom and the Admiral says, you're right, Tom, we can't save them. We have to go to the plan. And then the Admiral ends up like shooting a missile anyway. So the people, I don't know if they die or if they're all destroyed in the missile. That wasn't clear. But I don't know. So anyway, Ellen stays on board and Karen and Joey are also on board the big ship. And then Karen realizes what Albert's plan was and tells the Admiral, Admiral, listen, you can't let the super soldiers on the ship, on the ships. Because remember, uh, the, the Admiral decided he wanted to, to disperse the super soldiers. Mm -hmm. So... Admiral realizes what's going on. And super soldiers can supposedly swim. Well, yeah, they're just like people. Only just they have creature the tails. DNA. They don't have tails. They're just, they look like a regular Dutch person. Okay. Yeah. So I can tell this is giving you a migraine. We're almost at the end. Okay. <laughs> so they go and Ellen says to Karen and Joe, you guys will be safe here, I promise. Spoiler alert, they were not safe there, because in that mysterious box that Albert said was the creature's food was actually a creature that had a microchip planted into its brain for the specific purpose of targeting and killing Ellen. To get back at Tom. Yeah. Okay. Because at this point, Tom's already figured out that Albert has this whole complex plan. He has no chance of beating Albert when this is over, and he's given up. And he's like, wow, after all this is over, Albert's going to kill me. And then he says at one point, Albert, why don't you just kill me? 
Oh, I'm going to make you suffer first by taking away everything you love. Then I will kill you. Ha ha ha. Evil laugh. So, there's this other guy whose name I don't remember, but he was a cool guy, I guess. He wasn't expounded upon much. He studies the creatures, and he's been trying to find a pulse, electro pulse, to cancel out their psychic powers. So, he's been studying them, trying to work on that. Mm -hmm. They get, Albert and Tom get to where the queen is, and they start killing thousands of creatures. The queen won't come out, and Albert's like, it's okay. I've got where is she hidden? Underground in the park. Got it. Yeah, because the diversion is working. The big mass of creatures is at the beaches, fighting the largest uh, military fleet. And the only in San Francisco. Yeah, that's where their big nest is. I guess I don't know. <laughs> so then, Albert's like, "Here's what we do, super soldiers: go bring a creature alive and tie it to this fence." And then he starts torturing the creatures to try and draw out the queen. And it works, because for some reason it works. Okay. And the queen comes out, and her psychic powers... They're always, they always make these creatures in these types of stories, like, have human-like emotions, which is very interesting. In reality, they'd probably be more like the Terminators, just kill, kill, kill. Yeah. And so anyway, the creature comes out, and its psychic powers are so formidable that it can shoot psychic bursts that are so strong... Uh, it shot several of the super soldiers, just disintegrated them. Not disintegrated completely, like blew their bodies apart. That's how powerful they are. Okay. So, and only the super soldiers. So she was able to do this entire time. What? She was able to, to use the psychic energy the entire time. Yeah. But not on humans? What? No, humans get blown. The, the queen's psychic powers are more powerful than all the regular ones. So she could have been doing this the entire time and wiped out, wiped out the entire population. I guess, but she's been underground this whole time. Letting, no, okay. letting Like the queen ants doesn't do anything, Kayla. Let's the regular ants handle things. So anyway, Tom says, wow, Albert, you're, he says this in his mind. Wow, Albert's starting to look scared. And this is the part I hate because Albert... He was like, I have to be the one who kills the queen. It has to be on TV because he has, like, plans of conquering the world with these super soldiers after the fact. He's so confident. But he doesn't bring enough super soldiers. He underestimates the queen. And little by little, the queen is ripping apart the super soldiers, coming towards about to kill Albert. Mm -hmm. And Albert's, like, backing his wheelchair up until he can't back it up anymore, mm -hmm. <laughs> freaking out. And then the guy who was working on the sonar pulse or the, uh, the sound wave pulses finally is able to analyze it with the new data from the queen, cancels out the psychic powers. The super soldiers start jumping on, piling on the queen. It looks like they're about to win. And then the guy who has the device is standing too close and he gets killed accidentally because when the creature swipes or throws something, he gets killed accidentally, the device is destroyed. That cancels out Sonic. Yes, he okay. gets its, the creature gets its psychic powers back, blows everyone away. Okay. And then Tom wakes up. He sees Albert next to him, and Albert's like, listen, Tom, I need you to take this syringe and inject yourself with it. And Tom's like, no, dude, what the hell? And Albert's like, Tom, listen, if you inject yourself with this syringe, you'll be able to defeat the queen, but you will also die. Do it for the sake of humanity, Tom. And Tom's like, well, all right, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, the creature shoots another psychic blast. Uh, blasting Albert further away from Tom. And Tom cannot reach the syringe. Albert can reach the syringe. And the creature is about to kill Albert. And then Albert says, Tom, the only thing I hate more than you is a losing. And then Albert injects himself with the syringe and becomes super strong. Well, actually, it looks like he dies first. He gets all limp. So the creature goes over to destroy him, shoots a psychic burst. Up until this point, those destroyed everything. Doesn't affect Albert at all. Albert stands up. 
And remember, he's been in a wheelchair this whole time. <laughs> he stands up, starts saying how great he is and how awesome he is, takes a grenade, uh, pulls the pin out of the grenade, walks straight to the creature. The whole time the creature is firing psychic bursts at him, mm-hmm. punches into the creature's mouth, and then the grenade goes off and they both die. Okay. And then Tom is like, uh, they're all sad about the guy who had the pulses that died. Mm-hmm. Oh, flashback, I forgot about this. Uh, Albert randomly kills Rue for no real reason. Okay. He's like, I will never be betrayed by my second-in-command again. Randomly shoots Rue in the chest. And did Rue betray him? No. The okay. only thing was one of the characters t- said to Rue, Hey, Rue, you should watch out because this guy's pretty shady. And Rue's like, yeah, but I'll be fine. So that happened at one point. And so Albert's plan was to kill the queen creature and then kill Thomas and then take over the world, basically. Okay. So, yeah, that's what happened with Albert and Thomas and the other characters. Now, we're going to go back to um, Tom's wife, Ellen. And remember, she was being chased by the creature. Okay. And she finds a pilot who's barely alive. The creature goes on this rampage, killing everyone on the ship and Ellen realizes oh no the creatures targeted me set to target me oh yeah because that's what Albert put in the creature's head so oh that's right to get back yeah Tom Tom so uh the dead pilot the half dead pilot crawls into an engine they come up with a plan they were the creature behind the plane's engine uh the pilot ignites the plane engine burns the creature alive wow and that's the end of Ellen's story (laughs) (laughs) and then Ellen and Tom get reunited and they're like, oh, yay, we're all alive. And then... Wait, Ellen and Tom get re... Wait, They what? get reunited. I thought you said the guy just... Wait, wait, wait. The, the, the guy who's barely alive in the plane... Was a pilot. Some random pilot on the boat. Doesn't even have... Doesn't even get a name, I don't think. And he, he explodes the creature. He, by igniting the plane while the creature is standing behind it. The, the fuel. Oh, you okay. You know how planes, when they ignite? Yeah. Like, yeah, certain yeah, jet yeah. planes have, like, a trail. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Like, thrust. So you're telling me these creatures can just be, like, burned? We're going to get to that. We need flamethrowers. It's never accurately explained what the creatures, how durable they are. Um, Bullets don't seem to work on them. Of course, they can't be beaten in hand-to-hand combat. Right. But missiles seem to work on them. Big explosions, nuclear devices seem to work on them. So extreme heat. And it seems like, you know, just... They sound very flammable. It sounds like they still have vulnerable spots because a grenade to the mouth was able to defeat the queen. Right. Anyway, you heard that that was like a bug trying to get in here as, think, we, as we were conversing. Yeah, let me turn on the light outside. Let me just turn it this time. To scare the bugs away. Yes. Do you see any bugs? No. I don't see them. Oh, okay, well, anyway. So... Once they, uh, once Ellen gets reunited with Tom, mm-hmm. they find out that one character, the science character who was working on the device, that he's dead and they're all sad. Mm-hmm. And then Ellen and Tom say, it's very unfortunate that we don't have a way to control the super soldiers. They really could have helped us to get rid of the rest of the creatures' nests. Now it'll be much easier to kill the creatures. That's right. Yeah. Wait, because they can only listen to Rue or... Yeah, and remember, Rue was dead. Plot twist. Mm-hmm. He's not. Because it turns out he was wearing Kevlar. So did he fake his death? He got shot... In the chest, and uh-huh. then when he fell down, he hit his head on a rock and knocked him unconscious. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So they so have he just Rue has a cont- really bad yeah. headache. And the book ends with Rue and the army of super soldiers going around, obliterating the final creatures' nests. And Tom is in a cabin just chilling, 
and rebuilding society, I guess. I guess most of society has crumbled at this point because yes. billions of people were dead. I mean, honestly, especially, the infrastructure would be destroyed beyond repair at that point. Especially if he's just in a cabin and he's able to restructure yeah, the, the entire world. No, he's, not, restruct he's, he's not restructuring the world. Tom is just in a cabin chilling with his wife and child. Oh, okay. They have a kid? Yeah, his kids never shows up in the book. He's mentioned a few times, though. He just said he never shows up, but he's mentioned a few yeah, times. Yeah, they, they mention he exists, but he never physically is in the book. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So, and then Tom gets a shipment of guns, and he's like, if they ever come back, I'll be ready. And the book ends. What are your thoughts? I feel like the ambition is there, but overall... Like, I know you have ADHD. I do not. We have been over this. Or ADD. I also don't have Your that. brain does not function in a healthy way. I think I'm very healthy. <laughs> this book was hard for me to keep up with, even when I was trying to slow you down. And I think that that is just a huge sign of the lack of organization and thought process put into it. I feel like it could have the, been so much better. The characters are very bland with the exception of Albert who's the only one who seems to have a personality. Yeah. The rest of them Tom is just like boring throughout the whole book. How did you describe that kid that four-year-old kid with the one chick? The, uh, Joey? How did I describe him? What do you mean? You you said he didn't react. He's not acting like a kid reacts. Like yeah. the mother even says throughout the book oh Joey is being so brave even through all of this he's being so nice to everyone. That's weird. It is. Like kids... A four-year-old child would not react well to seeing everyone brutally murdered in front of them. Yeah, I mean, he might be in shock. But he wouldn't be, like, walking up to strangers and saying hello and being friendly and being nice to meet you. Yeah, that kid might be a sociopath. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at this point, the world is completely going to be changed. It, it, like, mm -hmm. imagine two million people dead, all the major cities destroyed. The infrastructure gone. Millions more people are going to die, mm -hmm. either from injuries or from a lack of food. Think about it. There's not yeah. going to be a way to transport food to most of these people. The supply chain's destroyed. Yeah, we already see that in Ukraine right now. Yeah, most of the survivors are not going to be doing well. Right. Here's the thing. That, this is the thing I don't get. They never explain where the creatures come from or how they Maybe it was formed. explained in one of the previous books. I don't, but like, even in previous book series, they have some sort of, like, intro, don't they? The intro they... to this book was Albert in the Cell reminiscing about how he was defeated by Tom and he would have his revenge soon. That's it? Yeah, and That's... it's implied that Albert knew the creatures were coming, and Albert says, I told you they would be coming, Tom, and I've been preparing for it. Well, you haven't been. If you had just let me nuke everyone, this wouldn't be happening. And here's the point, right? Do you create evil in order to stop something that is a greater evil? Do you kill millions of people to save billions of people? Honestly, if you don't do that, you're kind of a coward. I feel like you have you know to try I mean? and find another way. Well, yeah, you can either try to find another way, which is always good. But if, if it comes to a certain point and... You have to make a decision right then and there. Of course, people don't want to be like, oh, I want to explore. I don't, I, nobody wants to say, yes, I'm going to kill all of these people to get rid of these other evil people. But also, honestly, no nuking Nebraska. He nuked like one city in Nebraska. It, it, I think it was Nebraska. It was mentioned in, that he did that in one of the earlier books. Mm -hmm. And that land destroyed, inhospitable. But all the creatures there are dead, but so are all the people. And the people that are yeah. surviving now won't be able to go there. Yeah. And that was already, I imagine, a lot of 
infrastructure, commerce destroyed. So yeah. the global economy is probably worse as, worse as it's been since the Middle Ages. Which reminds me, one of these episodes, I want to talk about my theories on money. But we're talking about this I know, book. but in the future. Okay. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's a good question. That's a good point. And I don't see how Tom is able to just relax in a cabin in the middle of the woods with his wife and son. Like, mm-hmm. dude, society is destroyed. How do you even get a cabin? Yeah. What, what did you do this whole book? You complained and you whined. And he's not uh, somebody who could survive in a cabin. He wasn't. Well, not complaining. Anything. What I'm saying is with the supply chain as bad as it is, how is, how is he getting food? Hunting. There's no, the the reason the creatures attacked the big cities was to disrupt the power grids. So there was like a... There was some sort of intelligence, but it's never explained. So the electrical systems were knocked out, the power grids knocked out, infrastructure knocked out. And it was implied that the goal was to start the big cities and work their way inland to the rural areas. Overall, I think this book had some potential, but it was lost due to lack of organization or explanation. Or maybe lack of time. Here's, here's my thing. It, it, it sounded really rushed. If Albert has an army of super soldiers, why would he nuke anything? Yeah. If Albert, that's a really good point. If Albert has a magic syringe that turns why anyone into he... this unstoppable creature for like three minutes, just give that to one of the super soldiers at the start of the fight. Yeah. Well, you don't want to do it at the start because you do want to lure out like the queen. Or after they lure out the queen, after Albert realized the super why? soldiers couldn't beat the queen, he should have given them the syringe. Right. What? It just doesn't make any... There's so many plot holes. Albert, who was supposed to be the smartest character, have everything planned out, really screwed up on this one. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, anyway, I still love James Murr's work on Impractical Jokers. Yes. Even if his writing abilities... It was an enjoyable read, as long as I didn't think about it. Yeah. When you actually try to have an intelligent... Like, I feel like it's busy work. You know what I mean? You know, books, some books you just read and it's like, this is just, this is no well, what What's the meaning? What's the message behind it? I didn't think there was any message. Because the whole book, Albert is like five steps ahead of everyone. And Tom is like, oh, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me when this is all over. This is going to be terrible. I have no way to stop him. Yeah, like some books you read and there's like, it's not meant to have a message. It's supposed to be an enjoyable Everything story. has a message. No, everything has a message. Name something. I'll tell you what the message is. Anything. That book um, that you got me about the monks um, and the murder, murder mystery monks. Have you thing. read that book? Because yeah. I haven't, so I don't know what you're talking about. That's that's my example that I'm pulling from. There's a message in there, I'm sure. The message? No, it's, it's name, really just... Name a property that I have experienced as well, and I'll tell you what the message is. Um, gosh. I'm trying to think. Any property. Property? Anything. I'll give you an SpongeBob episodes have a message. Everything has a message. I think the message of this book is... What is the message of Impractical Jokers? The message of Impractical Jokers is life is a terrible, horrible, abysmal place, so we have to try and have fun. Otherwise, the weight of how bad everything is will bog us down to where we lose all hope and all I will agree to live. with that. See? Everything has a message. But I think that that might be the message... Like, that was the intended message of this book, but there was nothing enjoyable There were about no it. jokes. Yeah. The characters had no personalities, and none of them did anything. The entire book, like that one science guy, mm-hmm. I don't even remember his name. He's hardly in the book. 
and at the very end he's like i got my machine to work and then just dies yeah do you think that if you read the other two books it would have been any better i don't know i feel like the other two books might have explained a bit more a bit more excuse me about the creatures but other than that i don't know you know mm. i probably won't read the other two books uh but either way yeah 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 well thank you for sharing that do you have any questions actually no don't think i'm not thanking you for that that was a terrible story i i feel like my my life view of Murr has decreased as well as my no, time Murr's great. great he's fine great guy look everyone he was has... actually my least favorite of the impractical Joker. that is so mean what if he listens to that and hears you say it that's so mean kayla come at me i love sal sal and joe i go hard for them <laughs> Murr's great he's not he's kind of a jerk they're all jerks that's the point yeah but the other ones do it like with pizzazz Murr's, Mur, like, okay, so Sal is, is, he, he has some sort of humanity in him. You know, he's always like, oh, I don't, I feel bad about doing this, but I have to, you know, he, And then he has Joe is an actual sociopath. Yes, but he owns it. He owns it. <laughs> he doesn't that try to hide it at all. At all, no. Q, he's, I can't Q is him. just kind of there. He's just kind of there. And I think he's like the one that keeps everyone mellow. But then you have Murr. If we were to describe them as our friend group, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Drew is Sal. Drew is Sal. Jason is Q. Yeah. Jalen would be Joe. Jalen would be Joe. Yeah. Who is Murr? Let's see here. And Jalen, I know you're listening. You're going to be on this podcast. You're one of my dearest friends, and I will kidnap you and tie you up and make you be on an episode with me. You hear me? I know you're listening. God, who would be Murr? Uh, Rachel. Rachel? No, <laughs> Murr's a man. Rachel's a woman. I was, I was thinking just like personality. Personality wise? No, I don't think so. Anyway, um, well, that was the conclusion of uh, our discussion on the book Obliteration. But mm -hmm. before we leave, the message of Obliteration, here's my take on what the message is. Mm -hmm. The villain is right, and you have to trust them, even if they're a crappy person, because they're smarter than you and have more resources. And you have to be evil and cold I feel like that's and a very calculating. Poor message. It is. I mean, I, I don't agree with that, but that's what I'm getting from it. Oh, God. Like, Al literally they had if albert wasn't around all of humanity would have been destroyed mm. and i just don't like that mm -mm. there's no sense of hope and i don't know if, I, I don't know <laughs> well anyway this concludes our episode talking about the book obliteration we will see you next time goodbye everyone Deuces.